going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Hollywood Already Did It presents Marvel's Movie History, your weekly pair up of whatever new What If episode is out, as well as a piece of Marvel's history. If this is your first time listening, then you do not know this drill. And what we're going to do is give you each our review, reaction, and response to the last episode of What If, and then go down Marvel's cinematic history that's not the MCU. We've done this with every other uh, Disney Plus show, WandaVision with sitcoms, Falcon and the Winter Soldier with buddy cop movies, and Loki with time travel movies. So we're glad you're joining us here at the end of all places. And if you've been here from the beginning, good for you. It makes sense that you're here at the end. As always, I'm your host, Blake Schultz, and with me is Terrence Tatum. Hello, everyone. And Jamie Giraffe. Hello. And this is the season one finale. I think this is the second time we get to say a season one finale instead of a series finale with Disney Plus shows, which is exciting for me. But this is it, the end of What If, our first animated show on Disney Plus. And we'll be talking about Fantastic Four to close out our movie history, though there's a few gaps that we'll mention just briefly, just so we all, just so no one's like, you forgot Ghost Rider. You skipped this. No one forgot Ghost Rider. <laughs> um, but guys what did you think of the show and of this and of the episode and everything overall now we're here we've seen what this was leading to i really liked that uh they tied things together finally like i would enjoy if if each season was just everything's different and the final episode brings them together i would be fine with that uh it, it was a good payoff i loved love love peggy and nat as bffs that was really cute um uh the the whole fight scene was really cool um god it feels like i'm like i'm like i'm trying to remember because i've watched four fantastic four movies since then so i'm like what happened in that one episode um but uh but i i enjoyed it i'm uh you know there's been like a lot of people are asking like when are we gonna get jeffrey wright in live action and that's what i want give me give me jeffrey wright as the watcher in live action uh but ultimately uh, i really liked how it came together it's still not my favorite thing i probably won't rewatch it maybe the party thor episode if i'm like you know drinking but uh uh, but otherwise, uh, yeah, I, I did think it came together nicely. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat. Uh, I, I will never probably revisit these again, but they were fun in the moments that I watched them. Uh, I actively, I do plan on someday going to watch back WandaVision and all that stuff. So that's why those just, they just, they just mean more to me. Sometimes it's the urgency of the show. Uh, and I don't really get that so much in the animation. However, this particular episode I did love. Um, not as much as the last, I think the, last, the second to last episode was the best episode of, the, of this of the season. Um, but I liked how everything came together. I like we brought everybody back. Uh, I like the action was fantastic. Like that that brief moment of time was like, this is what I was on board for because the action in this does things that, sure they could, but it would probably look really hokey in live action that you just can get away with more in, in animation that I, I that I just enjoy. The only thing that I didn't like, and, and it's just because it's a product of what sort of happened, is that they introduced a character that none of us freaking knew. Like I was like, I why is Gamora here? And why is she one of the people that we've chosen? I know COVID pushed that one to season two and so that's going to act sort of as a prequel, but that sort of bothered me a bit because they, they leaned on her a bit, a, a little too much for us to not uh, be a focus. I feel like Killmonger didn't matter as much in this episode and and responded and acted in a way that we already sort of knew that he was going to. So yeah, why did I would have preferred to take that episode out and put Gamora's in. I don't know how the timing of these episodes are done, but it was just weird that Killmonger was one of these. I, I think uh, it's Casey interesting Bradley that you say... said that 
Uh, well, I was just gonna say that she. They said that um, the the specific house that was working on that episode couldn't finish. It was like very much. It wasn't like they picked and choose. It was that Got episode it. couldn't be done. Yeah, because I, I feel like if you were picking one story wise, and it's my favorite of the of the series, so it's funny that I would pick it. But episode three had almost no bearing on this episode outside of the very very end. So I'm like, well, that would have been the one to pick out and scrunch but i agree i think not having the gamora episode while it's understandable does leave out a big chunk because clearly the machine she had was the machine that we used and and then you kind of got into weird rule stuff with me where he was like well you know the all the stones and universes are different and this was built for your universes and not mine and i was like but then in theory shouldn't your infinity stones not, not work. work here and I know the TVA doesn't exist anymore, but like, you know, it seems like maybe if the Watcher's aware of that, like why not have a little pocket world where we can just turn off Infinity Stones? I have another question that confused me. When Ultron comes, that's the end of the Party Thor episode, right? Right. So so isn't Thor being plucked from an earlier part of the same universe where where Nat is left alone? Wouldn't wouldn't that be the same universe? So did they just plop Thor back in a place where he's just going to die? Well, I think all the Ultron bots, like Phantom Menace, would have turned off. So they would have probably plucked him back and the threat would have been over. But but Natasha's world is still gone, but isn't that his world too? Or no, because he's in no. the earlier no, version? They're in a, they're no, in a those are two. Yeah, they just... They, it's kind of a small a continuity error more than anything else to me because the Watcher at the end of Thor's is like, gas! And then we go back and he's like, in this world, what if Ultron wanted? And I'm like, but so you already... So it's not the same. Kn- no, no, no that's, oh. yeah, because Ultron comes through that, and the Watcher reacts to it's, it. It's kind of the but problem they, with putting a button at the end of an episode. Like, I get why they put the button, because they're talking about what's going to happen in the next episode, but technically, continuity-wise, it doesn't well, match up. All they oh. needed to do is have the Watcher be like, I need to go see what happened over here, because clearly it's affecting here, but he has the same reaction to that Ultron as he did to Thor. So I'm like, you're getting new information twice but it's the same information okay that was I totally my thought like, it was little... just a continuation and so i was no. like he just sent thor back to die okay all right that makes sense he he was though i would seem like for a minute going to send widow back to a lone a, a world all by herself <laughs> <laughs> yeah we really made him like the doctor who i care about humans so so much and they're all precious and important and then was like go home to your empty planet <laughs> <laughs> all your people are dead enjoy uh but yeah you know i i liked the episode a lot i think my same complaints that i've had this entire show are still here it's just not long enough so you know where we kind of got to like the avengers and all these other team-ups that we've had we know these characters really well and we care about them but because all of these episodes were shorter even getting them together felt like quick and didn't really have like the Nick Fury resonance of it. It was just sort of like, these are the best fighters that I'm aware of. Uh, Killmonger will probably betray us, but before then he will be a very good fighter. Uh, so things like that kind of just didn't have the same impact. And then even the emotional beats of Killmonger's inevitable betrayal, his speech at the end, I was like, this doesn't really have the same like oomph that I think they want it to. Right. And because it is also doing the weird thing of like in Black Panther, we agree with what he's saying because he hasn't gone and done terrible, like he hasn't seen it all the way through. So we're like, he's got some good points. And we had that again in this What If episode, 
but now he just has infinity stones and is like, I could destroy everything. And really what they're not talking about that I was sort of hoping they would touch on is that in our like prime universe or the, the sacred timeline, they call it, Thanos destroys the stones. And what he says is, I did this because after I did my thing, all that was left for these is temptation. And I was like, it's interesting that now we've seen everybody else who's gotten it in what if just be like, I should destroy everything. Everything should go away. And I was like, I would have loved like a Kang moment or a Watcher moment that was like, you see, Thanos did, we, we had to let Thanos do what he was going to do because the Avengers were going to undo it, but the Infinity Stones would be gone and this nonsense wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Like I was almost waiting for the like Thanos was right in air quotes moment of like, oh, that's awesome. Like this is the sacred timeline. This Kang was right. And that would have been a cool continuation of his story but i just think each episode needed more time to cook because i just the action is so cool and the animation is so cool but these like emotional beats are just kind of like yeah all right yeah even like captain carter getting to the end and being like steve's in there i was like okay yeah we're gonna winter soldier steve rogers which i'm about but like all right I am also, are these now the guardians of the multiverse? Is every episode in season two going to be like back here, here, and here? And these are who we follow? Or are we just going to start adding? It leaves a lot of questions that I don't know that they have answers that are satisfying too. But I like it. It's a fun experiment. And I want to see more animation. I know we were supposed to get that T'Challa Star-Lord spinoff. But, yeah, I said that's the thing I think I, I'll say the most about this. Well, I may I'm I can go either way on having another what if. I would love them to continue playing in the, the animated world. Like I, I want more animated stuff from them. Um and at least then if they pick one character, it can be a little bit more focused. So we can get more of that emotional weight that I, I know can exist in this medium. Well, yeah, that's the thing, is like animation is not the reason that we're not having mm-hmm. these emotional hits because there's plenty of animated shows that I love that have hit me very, very hard, harder than some live action things. So I really just think it's the the stories they're telling and the time they're telling. And I feel like season two could really figure out telling a tighter story in, in 30 to 40 minutes that are kind of anthological and don't need to connect. But then, yeah, I have a really big thread at the end, but similar to Thanos at the end of Endgame, I go, well, what's going to get bigger than Multiverse Ultron for these Guardians to fight? Like, who's the next person that Owatsu's going to do? That involved, yeah, that they would need to have the Watcher sort of breaking his oath. I, yeah. That's I where it gets dicey. assume that the world without Black Widow that Loki was ruling that she got dropped into is going to be a big contention point in season two because they're going to discover the Multiverse, in theory, much sooner than everybody else will. And it seemed like Fury in that scene immediately knew, like, yeah, if you're not mine, Natasha. Like, I was wait, surprised by that. How? <laughs> yeah, I was like, was he, is he that intuitive? Uh, right. She must have, like, that world Natasha must have died really like, right gruesomely. In front of him. Like, and, yeah. like, right in front of him, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, she did, remember? We saw that Natasha die. Hank Pym beat her to death. Oh, that was that... Is that that's that? the that's, that's oh, that same world serial killer world. Oh. Loki's ruling everything. Captain America and Captain Marvel. See, it's okay. hard to keep track of these. I'm we like need numbers. Like it's, yeah. it's there the should comic be like a books do Earth it. One, Earth, Earth one, Earth one, Earth two. Why yeah. aren't we just put them at the bottom? Hell, Flash Flash does it all the time in the TV yeah. world. So like it it's would it would be helpful. Confusing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. 
and I'm here for it, but just give me, let me get real nerdy. I want to be like Charlie Day and It's Always Sunny, where I'm like, no, Terrence, why don't you pay attention to Earth 213? Loki was here. I just want it, but you know, whatever. I'm sure they'll they'll get it all organized. I trust them, but it has me excited for the future of animation and of the series. Where I'm like, great, we can just keep going. We've learned we can do this. It works. Uh, but what has not worked in the past that hopefully they'll be course correcting are Fantastic Four movies. So <clears throat> closing out our show, we decided we know Daredevil is one we didn't talk about. Ghost Rider is one we didn't talk about. And outside of sequels of franchises we touched on, those are, I believe, the only two properties that we did not do. And really, when it came down to this, the reason was... Fantastic Four is probably coming back sooner. And Ghost Rider has had some other stuff. We got to save some things for our season two also. You know, we can't do every single movie. Um, but we chose Fantastic Four specifically because it's about to come back. And frankly, it has a more interesting history than Daredevil and Ghost Rider do. Because a lot of people know that 2005 movie. And a lot of people know the... Uh, one we're about to talk about first in 1994, the unreleased Roger Corman Fantastic Four movie, whose actual history will go even further back than our movies have so far into 1984, years before years, like a year, two years before Howard the Duck showed up. Hopefully almost the first family would have been the first movie. But alas, a German producer named Bernard Eichinger? Eichinger? I'm going to get that wrong. I think that seems correct based on that spelling, yeah. Uh, he met with Stan Lee specifically to talk about acquiring the rights to the movie. At first, they weren't going to get them. They then got them three years later. However, no studio wanted to produce the movie because they thought the budget would be too big. Howard the Duck didn't work. Nothing was really going the way they wanted it to go. So naturally, he sat down to try to extend the rights to his movie in 1992 before he lost them. Marvel refused to do that. The rights were going to revert back. So he thought, I should just make a super low-budget movie to keep the rights to my franchise. Something that we'll, we see a lot in movies now where we're going to just go make a movie because we don't want to lose, lose the rights. The, rights. Yep. the amazing Spider-Man we think was because of that. I could yeah. be wrong. The Fantastic Four reboot we also think was because... I don't think any studio has ever come out and just straight up been like, we're about to lose the rights. We're going to make some <laughs> shit right now. Yeah. Isn't it true for the 94 version that they like never really intended to release it? Like, And they didn't oh, tell the cast that either, right? You're, we are going to get into that rumor because there is contradicting evidence of mm -hmm. what happened. So he went to New Horizons with New Horizons, the Animal Crossing game, uh, a, also a production company, with Roger Corman, the king of B-list movies. He makes very cheap, perfectly fine things. A lot of people hold him up as a very important figure in independent movies. He does do a lot of stuff an important guy, he gave the movie a million dollars in 21 days to shoot. And they did it. And they made a movie in 21 days for a million bucks. And boy, if you thought a million dollars was a lot of money, it is not a lot of money to make a Fantastic Four movie. <laughs> in 1993, trailers reportedly ran in front of Carnosaur and Little Miss Millions, two movies I've never seen. <laughs> I've never heard of. Yeah, I mean, there that I but this is like the perfect 
thing to start these weird like my uncle worked at nintendo stories like oh you didn't see carnosaur it had the fantastic four trailer it's just crazy enough to sound real but maybe the movie doesn't exist well it's really independent you got to find the specific theater that's doing it it's perfect (laughs) reportedly it had a labor day weekend release day which makes sense for a tentpole movie There was no other promoting. They were seemingly the cover story of a few nerd-centric magazines. But again, who really knows? The actors hired their own publicists to help promote the movie. (laughs) I love that. Isn't that crazy? That's nuts. I I know that we're about to talk about how they weren't told this was never going to be released. But, like, couldn't you have sniffed it out if you were made a movie that then no one like we've all we've all worked in la we've been on new media projects that never got released web series and short films and kickstarter features that never but like to be that's a major but this is the fantastic four movie (laughs) this isn't me and my buddies with a dslr in the woods making a horror film yeah so then I also like all of these things don't sound real. And that's the beauty of this movie is none of it sounds real, but it exists. The world premiere of the movie of the Fantastic Four movie was set to be at the Mall of America, which you may know from Jingle All the Way. Old Minnesota. In, on January 19th of 1994, anybody who bought a ticket, the proceeds would have gone to charity. None of this makes Mc- sense. <laughs> The Ronald McDonald House, like all of these are good things. I think more movies should have weird premieres and give a lot of their money to charity. That sounds awesome. But it, that no one else has ever done this. Yeah. Suddenly, all the actors were given cease and desist letters. The producers <laughs> told them to leave. They took all the negatives that they were going to do. And like Jamie pointed to earlier, it was revealed that the movie was never intended to be released. They didn't tell the crew or the actors because otherwise they're not going to do much. Like, you know, what? you got to make it look, it's got to look good, even though it doesn't. Stan Lee reportedly confirmed this in 2005. However, Eichinger claims that Avi Arad, at the time an executive at Marvel, called him and bought out the contract, returned all the money he used to make it, and apparently said, look, I think it's great what you guys have done here. But I'm worried that a small movie will ruin our brand. So here's all the money back. We'll see what we can do later. Which is a pretty crazy check to write to just not have a movie. How much did it cost you to make that movie? Really? All right, cool. Here, go away. <laughs> he then, Avi Arad, took credit, claiming that he did in fact purchase the rights to the movie and destroyed all of the known prints of it because he was afraid a small, cheap, B-list movie would have damaged the FF brand and the Marvel brand. Little did he know that you could also damage a brand with a high-budget summer release. (laughs) However, this movie is now apparently on YouTube. I have not watched it, but Jamie and Terrence, you guys did, and I want to hear everything. It's, I mean, it's bad, but it's also, like, I had fun watching it. It helped that I was drinking a little. Um, uh, there were some things, I, like, the villains were actually quite fun. I think, it, like, it, of all across the board, might be the best Doctor Doom we've gotten. I would um, agree with that, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I really like the jeweler, who I think was created for this movie. 
he was like very penguin-esque like living in the sewers um i mean all the acting was terrible it was the, the effects were bad i mean obviously yeah it's it's terrible but it was still like i was enjoying myself um and i loved that um Mercedes McNabb, who's on Buffy and Angel, she played young Sue Storm, and that was very exciting for me to see. She was only in, like, one minute of the movie, but I was like, ah, uh, that excited me. Uh, I'm glad. So I, before this week, I had never seen a single Fantastic Four movie in my life. I hadn't seen any of them. She's so this, the so that that means this is now the, that was the first Fantastic Four movie I've oh, ever geez. seen. As it was intended to be. Exactly. The, the artist's order. intent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You watched them yeah. in the correct order, so good on you. <laughs> Now, uh, I'm not saying this movie should have a sequel, but hear me out. What if happens when they have the rights back and we make animated versions of these universes, like the Batman 89 comic that's currently running? I want a season of this Fantastic Four in animated version. <laughs> Terrence, how did you like the movie? Uh, I've seen I did not rewatch it this time, but I've seen it a long time ago, and it is batshit. It's terrible. It's a terrible movie. Um, and I, I, I don't get as much joy, probably because I've seen other ones subsequently that as, as Jamie did from this. It does sort of harken back to the first Captain America movie that was, not the second one, which was more in line. There's a lot of things. They, they, this one sticks more on brand. Like they have the, the outfits that look exactly like Fantastic Four. We have Doctor Doom. It feels like they were trying their best to recreate it just on a mid, like a super shoestring budget and with actors that mm, you probably wouldn't have actually given these jobs to if you get if you gave a damn. Uh, Brian Austin Green is a young, like a child. Child shows up in this movie randomly. It's just, it's a movie that like I understand when Avi Arad probably saw the print. He's like, yeah. Apparently, he never watched it. He really? just threw it out. <laughs> his whole attitude this. I'm just, his no. attitude was just straight up you made a cheap B-list movie and it's going to screw me over wow wow yeah it's it's not good uh, I think anybody who's a completist sure check it out uh, but you, you're not missing much from it although I think out of the, all the films that we've talked about in this that were these cheap shoestring budget films. This one is the closest to trying to recreate what the actual comic is, whereas a lot of those other ones are just like, we're going to take that character's name and do whatever the hell we want to. This I mean, I th- you know, run. there's something admirable about that. I, I, re- I read a lot of reports that apparently the writer would go to Golden Apple Comics here in Los Angeles and told people what he was doing, and everyone was like, well, are you going to like do it right? He was like, well, why do you think I'm buying all the comic books for it? So they're... <laughs> You know, there there was effort made by the people who had no idea that their movie would only be shown in like grindhouse theaters, maybe, <laughs> and later on YouTube if you feel like looking for it. So, you know, that's good. I mean, I feel like a Roger Corman Howard the Duck movie is something that I would have watched and enjoyed. Mm. That sounds great. But then 2005 came. And it didn't come right away because the interesting part about this is we took away all of Ikea's toys only to, in the 90s, <laughs> say, come and do it. You still have the rights. We're going to get it to 20th Century Fox. We're going to do it right this time. This time, Avi Arad, along with Ralph Winter, hired Christopher Columbus in 1995 to make this movie. <laughs> Christopher Columbus stepped down. Peter Segal was then hired and then replaced with Sam Wiseman. The other interesting tidbit about the Fantastic Four movie is that The Incredibles had come out and reportedly they were told to change the script dramatically 
to alter any changes to the movie. They didn't want similarities to The Incredibles, even though The Incredibles is just kind of the Fantastic, Fantastic Four, Four. Yeah. but the better one. Yeah. And, and what's crazy is The Incredibles came out in 2004, so they had a limited amount of time to redo this script. Oh, they must have been in production. Right. They had to have been doing it. This, yeah. Which explains a lot about the movie, I feel like, yes. because there's like these weird beats in it that feel like kind of Pixar-y family time, but it it kind of keeps bouncing between the Invisible Woman and Human Torch as the main characters instead of like them all kind of being together. It, it feels like a if the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie like didn't work. And instead, we just bounce between Michelangelo and Raphael. Let's see what Mike and Raph are doing. <laughs> well, we knew what Raph was doing that first movie. We had to sponge bath him to help. He's going to be while. in a coma for about 40 minutes of this thing. <laughs> and it was great. That is, the, that is what this movie was missing. Other than that, like the rest of this is like kind of as they tell it. The movie made enough money, but it didn't get reviews. So they made a sequel with The Silver Surfer. That also didn't make it. They tried to reboot it to reportedly to keep the rights. Nobody really cared for that. And now it's back in Marvel. But guys, what did uh, how did we feel about Fantastic Four? This was 2005. We had had figured it out. We were about to get Batman Begins. We had seen Spider-Man. We had seen Blade. We had seen the X-Men and we're here now. I think that is where I, I'll sort of start with this because Fantastic Four, as it was being created, probably had the best intentions. And look, the movie's not great it's okay um it gets some of the family stuff correct it the, the last fight sequence putting all their effects and all their powers on on display work it just there's no weight or or heft to any of this it feels more jokey and hokey and very much almost like a 90s film in the 2000s the problem that i had with it is that the month before batman begins came out and so that sort of changes how i feel about comic properties at that point because that was like that was a much more serious and like gave me something to give a damn about and then you're like cool Let's come watch Johnny Storm make sexual in the windows to women for an hour and a half. But I, I guess, sure. And that sort of went on throughout this entire series. I didn't really care. If, I don't really revisit the first one. I do revisit the second one because I do like the look and 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 sound of Silver Surfer. I like Lawrence Fishburne as 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 Silver Surfer. Uh, I like the Doug Jones mannerisms as he's in the motion capture suit i like i like all of that and i and i feel like it's a slightly better it's more focused than the first one i don't like the cloud stuff as galactus but that's again budget they're like we'll give you some money but not all the money because you didn't make it that much back um but neither of those films are anything that i i would I, I particularly go back to uh as outside of the design of silver surfer i want to and so i knew this was going to be uh, over pretty quickly, and I know they got into some issues because they made enough money with the Silver Surfer one. They're like, we can do this one more time when it's smaller budgets. But Jessica Alba and the director uh, just weren't getting along. By the way, the director had only done like Barbershop and like ta Taxi Driver, and then he's done like things like like I. This is an outlier of a film. Two films. I was gonna say it's a very strange like. It's bizarre. He's made so many good movies. Yeah, like he's done like Vital. He usually does like more catered to african-american like comedies like think like a man and ride along and and those type of things where this just like uh and fantastic four don't know how that got there but okay um and so i sort of forgotten about this and then the, that last one was just bad i was a huge chronicle fan i love josh Trang. i thought it would, would have been solid uh, i knew they sort of stepped in it immediately when you start unnecessarily making it more difficult with the casting they're like cool we're gonna get michael b jordan to be the 
the human torch. Good idea. His sister should also be black. Nope, we're going to make this even more difficult on us. We're going to have an adoption and not really go into, guys, you could have just made them both black. Like, nope, but if we do that, it becomes a black film. So no. And it just got messier from there. Uh, the story is terrible. I, it, one, this is when, this was around that time when were, all those films started doing like, hey, we have to be dark because dark is good. And yeah, it's, it's kind of funny that you're like, look, Batman Begins raised the bar for me and I wanted this serious movie. And then by the time the second one came out, you were like, right. look, guys, I don't want this Stop. serious movie. <laughs> Not everything needs to be this way. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and that's sort of what happened with that film. But and effects look terrible. Nothing about that movie. I think they made Dr. Doom a tech, like a computer uh, hacker. I was like, what, what is happening with this movie? He uh, was hot, I, though. I, I guess that is that is that is an accurate opinion. Yes, uh, but I, I I don't look back at that film at all. Jamie, you just took a ride through all of these. It was a journey. Um, I am so glad that I didn't watch this in two thousand five because I would have hated it. Because at the time, I didn't really care about Marvel aside from the first two X Men movies. Uh, I, I, you know, it's funny because Chris is, Evans is my favorite Chris now. I love him. But back then I wasn't a Chris Evans fan because I was, I was really obsessed with not another teen movie. I've seen that movie a disgusting amount of uh, times. The whipped cream, but, yes. Yes. But because of that, like I saw Chris Evans as somebody who was only capable of doing that and of doing that kind of role. And, and Johnny's, his Johnny Storm is not far off. So if I had seen that then, I would have been like, this guy fucking sucks. This is all he can do. He can only do but, one thing. Yeah, it would have, I would have been like, this is cheesy, it's dumb. But watching it now, as one, a Chris Evans fan, as someone who knows more about the Fantastic Four, who who has a more appreciation for like bad things, um, I enjoyed the heck out of that movie. Uh, both of them, I really enjoyed. Because it like the, the first movie had such cheesy effects. The effects got really much better in the second one. Um, and the dialogue was so melodramatic. It was, the writing was so hokey, but I enjoy that. That's entertaining to me. And now that we know what Chris Evans is capable of and, and, and the range that he can, can give us, going back and watching him in a role like that was delightful for me. And Michael Chiklis was awesome. I thought he was, he was great. so good. Uh, and everything between uh, Johnny and Ben was so delightful. Uh, I mean, uh, Ben Grimm's wife needs to die. I can't, like, what, the worst she character ever made. But then we, like, blind Carrie Washington. See a young Carrie Washington, <laughs> and she is blind acting her ass. I was like, she, no, was I doing she it. might be blind. Right? She was <laughs> killing it. And, um, like, I, like, yeah, all the sex jokes were, like, eye roll, but, but like, <laughs> when, when is it um when when uh, chris evans is like fucking snowboarding and shit that's funny to me i don't know it's stupid it's funny uh, I, I i the only thing that like really was to me so cringe is like how they just whitewashed jessica alba i had seen photos of her in these movies and i assumed that the event that turned her invisible made her like have, translucent like, or like, more made lighter. her look more translucent the fact that like nope that's just what they i remember that like, being a upsetting. thing at the time because i was i was old enough and I went to the theaters to see this and I was like hey this is and I know what Jessica Alba looks like and I'm like she's mm. gorgeous without blonding her I was like wow you wiped like the half, shit out of yeah. her she's Mexican I believe right, she is like, she's of Spanish yeah. descent I'm just sitting here like mm. you can just do that that's fine <laughs> uh yeah it, and, they, and they kept it up for multiple films and I think that's yeah. a part of what was the issue with the third one she's like I'm not doing this again because at that point I don't I, blame her stand up for myself um, but but the I I did I really had fun with those two. I had it was such more enjoyable than watching the two thousands 
Punishers for me. And I will say this. You guys told me that the 2015 Punisher was worse, or the 2015 Fantastic Four was worse than the 2004 Punisher. So my bar was low. And, <laughs> and, uh, and I came out of it, yeah, that movie is bland and boring and flat, and they gave no one anything to do. But I still think it's better than the 2004 Punisher. Um, I, it, it's, it is such a forgettable movie. Uh, it, there's nothing to it. But it's also, like, it's not even that it's bad. It's just kind of there. It's very bland. It's just there. Yeah. Um, there, the one thing, I, I put this on my letterbox because I firmly believe it. I, I believe that this version of Ben and Reed were in love with each other. Uh, they were obsessed with each other. And I enjoyed, like, that headcanon for myself. Was what, I watched this movie thinking that Ben and Reed were in love, and that enhanced my experience. But otherwise, no. What, I would rather watch the 2005 and seven versions a million times than sit through that bland. Oh yeah. Mm. I think that's because I, I saw these, I think on like DVD, I skipped them in the theaters. And then when I saw them, I, they just weren't as good as Spider-Man and X-Men. And that was kind of my like, well, they're just not as good. I don't care. I'm not attached to it. And then rewatching them now with like the MCU in my head and kind of the timing of like Silver Surfer's right up against Iron Man like a, the next like summer, following summer it's yeah. about to happen and it, they almost started to feel like if marvel had a phase zero it would be like spider-man x-men and this movie and blade and i felt that way because i was like man these are just like worse written versions of phase one movies they're we're not full on like doing the almost like serialized goofy fun jokes that the mcu movies post guardians and post avengers did but we're not really hitting the fun beats either. We're trying a little too hard. It's they're so of their time. I mean, he's he's snowboarding to some forty one like it's an SSX tricky ad. He, like, and he it, goes BMX riding. I'm like, guys, I get it. He does extreme sports. Stop, please. Yeah, they they couldn't have been more like, get it? He's a cool guy in the two thousands. He skateboards and he gets the girl. He's like James Bond meets Tony Hawk. It's dope. <laughs> and I was like, it, it might, he should be like hanging out with Stifler is how this feels. It's that's so, a, yes. it's so weird. God, that is it. Yes. And and that just, that tone just kept carrying over. And, and you're right. Like there's no agency in the first movie. It takes us the whole film to get Dr. Doom established. He seemingly has no plan. And then we just fight him and go home. And the rest of the movie is also a very 2000 y trope of like, well, you know, she left before the movie and now she's with someone else and I got to get her back and my buddy Ben's going to help me. And, it, and then we've got the thing doing like Raphael and the first turtles with a hat and a coat and hanging out, which I like that. But the weirdest part about the first one to me was the stuff I liked. I really want to see again. They all kind of had these weird like body horror moments when they discovered their powers. And there was something awesome about Ben like freaking out and running home and his family. I was like, I haven't seen this in an MCU movie where he comes up and he's not, she's just done. It's just she's game like, no, over. I'm out. 
Yeah. I, like, I can't don't... believe she took that ring and put it on the, like, like girl, Deuces. have a conversation with them. Like, they kept talking about what, what a good couple they were. And I'm sorry, but, like, at least try. At least have a talk with him. She didn't even speak to the man. Like, you're that vain. And it's not like Michael Chiklis was friggin', like, the hottest guy on earth beforehand. I mean, I just, like, how rude. I mean, sure, it might not work. Um, maybe his rock dick doesn't do it for you, but at least, like, have like, a con- You supposedly see, see love this man? Yeah. Have a conversation with him. Ugh, what a what? bitch. It- and that's like, I was like, man, you know what? Like, everybody in the MCU is, like, really nice. I can't think of a couple that's, like, <laughs> and a part of me is like, yeah, get this in there when we bring it back. Like, I kind of, like, the, the Ben Grimm is such a great character because of his positivity and because he fights for the small town and because he hasn't given up in spite of this terrible, like, Correct. tragedy. And I was like, great. I want to kind of see the tragedy, but I don't want to see it break his soul. And I love and- the moments in this one. Like, I think Johnny brings it up in the elevators. Like, well, why do we all look, can turn it on and off and, and on, but he can't? And it's just like, oh, that's a cool thing to play with. You all can still walk in the, in the normal day, but Ben Ben ain't having that same look. Poor Ben. And it's like, yeah, it's because he's like out in the space vessel because like the rich billionaire is arrogant. So I was like, these are all like things to do now because so far all like the rich people in the mcu have like been the heroes so i'm like okay yeah like let's get norman osborne and dr doom in there and really be like these guys suck yeah like that that's what we kind of need to do now i think but even like the small moments like when dr doom shoots his assistant through the chest and his spine is out i was like oh this is like up there with Ant-Man when he like turns the guy into goo. goo. Like why why don't we have these weird like the fly beats in these movies? We don't really have an MCU horror movie yet. This would I, be a cool place to do it. When uh when Mr. Fantastic tries to fix himself and he comes out and his face is just like melting and and being all disfigured, I was like, this is great. Yeah, I was like, it's a shame that there's no story around these cool moments. Cause really like the plot is like, we don't want our powers, we have to fix it. We mostly have to fix it for Ben. Oh no, now Dr. Doom is here. And I was like, okay, get something else in there to really build this up, but like keep these creepy beats they're they're great and you don't see them anymore and when you do see them it is awesome it kind of does harken back to like Raimi's spider-man with the tentacles and the mask and the say the prayer and i was like this is the stuff that i like i'm hoping we get more of in phase four because i know they're saying like well multiverse of madness is going to crank up the horror and i was like great let's do it let's get weird now but let's make it a better movie because it is so like you're right even jessica alba looks like how the fox network made women look in the 2000s i was like oh it's like the simple life had a superhero movie like what are what are we doing here they're like yeah jessica you're not attractive enough as your own let's make you bleach blonde and give you blue eyes but uh hold on (laughs) and even rise of the silver Oh yeah, no, it's terrible. It's there's a reason we don't do it anymore. <laughs> it's terrible, and we've learned as a society and the people, for the most part. But even the second one had some beats where I was like, "Oh, this is dope!" Like the Silver Surfer board absorbing the missile was cool. We have another weird thing he when he kills Andre Brower, and it's like half his body is there. That I was, was like, cool. Yeah, this all. I all want of all this of this. MCU, like, <laughs> right. Y'all got to keep some stuff. This is great. It, this is more horrific 
than that vanilla movie you told me was going to be scary in 2015. Like, come on. Yeah. It's like that, that movie also, I think the Fantastic Four 2015 version really did fail because it felt like the studio was just trying to like squeeze another chronicle out of him. And he was like, I don't want to do this again. So right. here's this boring thing. <laughs> like, yeah. We didn't really have a hot take or anything, but it's interesting because they do so many other small things in those movies. Like the costumes look accurate and the villains are a little bit more colorful. And I was like, yeah, there's a lot of like seeds of, of where we got to, but it doesn't really have that John Favreau, Kevin Feige, the director of the first Kevin, Joe Johnston. There's a heart. There's a heartbeat that's sort of like missing from all of these. Like, yeah, you're 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 getting some of the beats of what a Fantastic Four, the skeleton of what a Fantastic Four film should be like. But the actual life or heartbeat or warmth that's in there is that's been missing from every single one of these iterations. If you like, maybe combine them all, like all their best qualities together, you might you might you could get one. Like yeah. forty minute pilot. <laughs> but the other One thing, thing about they do, oh, go, go. sorry, I was like the other thing they do with Silver Surfer that was very like MCU now is their celebrities, and I was like, oh, this is great. This mm. is what the MCU kind of quietly did, and we haven't had a big wedding in the MCU. And I was like, oh, this is like, I like this. I like them watching like the weird gossip about them and like reading the trades. I was like, this is exactly where we were in Ragnarok and like mm -hmm. the first Avengers movie when people have toys and they're asking for selfies and they've become these like status figures. I was like, oh, this is, this is like great. That. And at the time it was such a different beat from mm -hmm. the X-Men being oppressed and Spider-Man being like chased through the city with pitchforks. And I was like, this is a nice, I think they were on to something. It just didn't quite coalesce into anything. And then you got the giant Galactus cloud, which, you know, now, yeah. We're not going to make that mistake again. Yeah. But what were you saying, Jamie, before I went on my... Oh, no, I... You know, people are saying how much... um the thi How bad the thing looked in 2005 and 2007, but I thought it looked better than the 2015. I hated the 2015 thing look. First of all, his eyes were so far apart. Second of all, why is he naked? <laughs> why is he, why is I he had naked? no... I, I Okay, so yeah, the whole time, I actually liked... I actually don't mind the look of of of, of Ben Grimm in the 2005 because I like it. I like it. I enjoyed I that, that too. I was surprised because um, people were like, "He's so bad," and I'm like, "I thought it was good." I think it, it looks, looks like a, like a like a Jim Henson costume. Yeah. I yeah, thought yeah, it was yeah. great. I agreed, remember agreed. first seeing the 2015 one, and I'm halfway through. I'm like, "Where the fuck are his pants? Like, why are we doing this with him? Like, <laughs> just put pants on, guys. We we." They'd be like, oh, he's a rock. You wouldn't find... We have established that we're watching a comic book movie. Put some damn pants on. Just do it. Yeah, there. I think there's a lot in there. It's funny because, like, it, yeah. But then we got to Iron Man. But that, you know, those are the Fantastic Four movies. And I think now we're going to get this interesting chance to bring it back. And I know a lot of people want it to be a period piece. And, oh, they were somewhere in the 60s and now they're back. And as fun as I think that is, I'm like, I kind of just want them to show up. Help them to exist, yeah. like be around, even if it's a batter flame. Hey, in this world, we've, we've merged some people and they're now coming over here. I don't care how you do it, but I want them to already be on the board. Well, we've already John done a man Watts out is of a time. good is a good choice too. Like I'm really stoked that it's going to be John Watts doing it, uh, because I because as we've discussed, Homecoming is my favorite Spider-Man movie, um, and I think I think that it's like this kind of you know a property that's been done so many times. John Watts has proven that he can 
do something different with something we've seen a million times. I think the thing that I say was missing from the Fantastic Four is have it in spades in both home, homecoming and far far from home. Like they, that heartbeat, that emotionality connection is is oozing over those. And I think he will inject that into Fantastic Four. I think he is the perfect person to sort of- And you know, he was also a part of Clown. So he can give me these weird body horror moments that I now True. desperately crave. <laughs> wait, what, wait, say that again. What was he a part of? Uh, the movie Clown, I believe he produced it. I don't think it's a directing credit of his, but it was apparently the movie I read somewhere that they watched and were like, get him for Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. interesting. I it's a, it's a pretty messed up horror movie. It's good. Cool. I enjoy Let's it. Check it out. Uh, but it'll be interesting. He was the, he was the director of that because he did Clown he and, was Cop, the director. and Cop Car. And like, again, this has been something that Kevin Feige has been managing to do with a lot of people. Same way with uh, Just Mercy, Destin Van Crick, and Chloe Zhao for Eternals. And she did the uh, Nomadland. He's been picking directors from stuff that like, I don't know how you saw that for Spider-Man, but okay. I mean, but did you see how creepy the vulture was? It makes sense to find somebody who can do comedy and horror to do Spider-Man. Sure. The same yeah. way you got Sam Raimi to do it before. You found somebody who's like, I get this weird mix. Like, yeah. That's like, great, let's do that again because I don't really want to lose that. And when you think of the genres of the MCU that they did a spy movie, the Pelican Brief, a romantic comedy, whatever these genres they're infusing are. A part of me is like, the Fantastic Four is sort of a good space to do sci-fi horror stuff that we mm -hmm. haven't really done. Like, get little bits of New Mutants, because I also liked it there. I'm like, I'm just ready for horror superheroes. Especially stuff. since yeah. Hulk is off the board, since they can't do a Hulk movie. That's normally where you would put that type of stuff. And since he's not usable for them, uh, yeah, Fantastic Four is a way to, to, to bring that type of stuff in. And I think when you hear that, like if someone told me they were making a horror Fantastic Four movie, I'd be like, but that's not the Fantastic Four. But I think just saying horror now doesn't mean like Halloween kills, right? Like there's right. a lot of horror movies that have a lot of heart and comedy in them. And it's more like, well, I just want someone who, want, who can hit the moments that are going to be tragic and are going to be a little scary to hit hard. I don't, because this transformation for this family is like tragic when it happens, especially for Ben Grimm. And I'm like, I want that balance in there, but you know, don't lose it. Like, I don't want to see a depressed Ted Lasso. I want to see Ted Lasso who's like dealing with his problems. Yeah. I just finished Ted Lasso. <laughs> but, uh, but I think it's going to be good and interesting to see. I hope they keep some of this and I hope they also lose some of it. But I'm ready. I'm very excited. I'm glad they're back on the table. Then we'll get X-Men. And then we'll get everybody else. Because I think from then, that took us what? This whole show has now left us from 1986 with Howard the Duck, some TV. We talked about Blade, the X-Men, Spider-Man, Hulk, the Hulk TV show, the first TV movies, pilots they didn't do, Spider-Man in Japan. That has pretty much elected all of it, except for Daredevil, Elektra, and Ghost Rider, which mm -hmm. I think really we can just chalk up to experiments that didn't work out. Although I like the Ghost Rider movies. I think Me they're too, pretty awesome. Me too, because I love Nick Cage. I'm such yeah. a big Nick Cage fan. Like, it's not about Marvel. It's about Nick Cage doing crazy shit. I like them. Uh, I, I watch like, even movies that do anything, so yes. <laughs> Ghost Rider works for me. I would like to announce of the many, many Marvel movies I've never seen before that I watched for this podcast, nothing came close to being as awesome as Blade 2. 
Well, that's because Blade Two and Spider Man Two and X Men Two are like. Right. That's where it's at. Those, those ones I'd seen. Uh, yeah. But oh, that's I, right. You had the never new seen ones. That's Blade. Yeah. Ne- yeah, of the ones I'd never seen before. I have so uh, much love for Blade Two. Blade Ron, Two Ron is, is my so favorite so first fun. time watch for this yeah. podcast. Yeah, I really. I mean, I think if you can go back, like, watch a lot of this stuff. Like, I, the Howard the Ducks on Peacock, and that's not a good movie, but it's kind of fun to know you watched watching. it. It's to yeah. see where stuff came from and to see where how stuff was done back in the day or how they attempted it before taking things serious it's, it's actually fun to go down that rabbit hole i think mm. i've really well, enjoyed this even the worst ones like like everyone was like you're gonna watch the 2015 fantastic four why and i'm like i'm excited to just to be in the know to know like to know why it's bad there's nothing that that, that movie should not have been as bad like you look at that cast mm-hmm. that cast is stacked mm-hmm. even side characters are stacked and you're like oh that's just director's really good it's just mm. It's just a bland story, and it's yeah. kind of like Jamie's. It's not like egregiously bad. It's not like offensively bad. It's just very whatever, and it it, it it's more forgettable than anything else. And that's almost yeah. the sadder part of it. It also mm-hmm. lost Josh Trank some Star Wars movies, I believe. He did. He did. Uh, but yeah, I think you know, we got up to two thousand seven. We jumped ahead a little bit, but like next would be iron man and that's all she wrote like then we're then we're in it and it's yeah it's interesting i think to see even as far back as like the hulk tv show why these characters have resonated and how their contracts are split up and where they are and these themes and these ideas because they're not going anywhere like the one thing we didn't really talk about is like almost with every single one of these releases someone's been like is this the end of the superhero genre and no, we kept being the answer to that. And it's it's interesting, I think, when you even look at like how we made movies. And we used to do these serials with Captain America that we talked about, and they were infallible and perfect, and there wasn't really a big arc. And then we started making them more nuanced and complex, and Spider-Man and X-Men and Blade kind of gave us that, these big character journeys, and that coalesced into this almost soap opera story with iron man that ended with the sacrifice like that was all of this was building to robert downey jr snapping his fingers and now it's time to bring them all back in the multiverse with spider-man no way home and that is how i'm going to conclude our show guys thank you so much for listening to our fourth miniseries in the marvel pair-up spinoff of hollywood already did it from wandavision falcon loki and now what if of course we will not be gone long because those disney stockholders need to be happy so i think i don't have a title for it yet but i'm sure i'll think of it when we hit record like i have with all the other ones (laughs) uh obviously the trailer for hawkeye came out a show that i'm excited to see because i love that matt fraction run and it was revealed that it is going to be a very christmas centric show so of course we will be bringing you Every week, our reviews and reactions to the Hawkeye miniseries, as well as a Christmas action film. And the, yes. I, you my, know, my current pitch is Hollywood already did it. Tis the season. I think that'll do it. You know, yeah. it makes itself. There, there it is. We, go. we did it. <laughs> right. Uh, so, yeah, stay here. Hit subscribe on the podcast button. Hit subscribe on the YouTube channel if that's where you're watching, because obviously we have. More of Hollywood already did its main show. We're going to keep on going. It doesn't slow down. We're in October, so Bond will be up the same day as this. If you want to hear Terrence and I, uh, as two grown men, talk about how sad it is to watch the end of something. <laughs> and then it'll be Halloween Kills. Then it'll be Dune. 
And then it's November. We'll have Ghostbusters, Spider-Man No Way Home, The Matrix Revolutions. The rest of the year is stacked. We're in it. And we will see you guys then. Uh, Of course, you can follow the show at Hollywood Already Did It, or Hollywood ADI on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at, as always, Blake. Jamie is at Jamie Cinematics, and Terrence is at Terrence Tatum. Later, guys. Thank you.